Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee, by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? For a lot of people, life, your past, and sometimes your current situation can cause roadblocks in your life. Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which means no driving to an office, no waiting rooms, and no awkward small talk. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief, and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match. 
which means if you and your counselor don't mesh for whatever reason, they make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash morning cup. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. Scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning. Cup of murder. Finding out a person's motive for murder can give us a small look into a killer's psyche, psyche that we may have otherwise never seen. On November 30th, 1962, a man was executed for his crimes, and though he claims he revealed his motive, many remain uncertain as to why a boy they considered practically perfect suddenly exploded and killed three people he knew and loved dearly. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Lowell Lee Andrews, born on September 21st, 1940, was a zoology major, bassoon player, and all-around good kid who grew up in Walcott, Kansas, a city who described him in their hometown newspaper as, quote, the nicest boy in Walcott. In reality, the mild-mannered sophomore at Kansas University, the boy anyone would have been proud to parent, harbored secret fantasies involving poisoning his entire family, and moving off to Chicago where he could become a gangster and a professional hitman. Not the most social child, Lowell came from a family of successful farmers and had an older sister, Jenny, who was off attending college in Oklahoma. So you can imagine their parents' excitement when, on Thanksgiving of 1958, both of their grown children showed up for their family dinner. On November 28, 1958, Jenny was sitting in the living room watching television with her parents, William and Opal, when Lowell, who had been upstairs reading, shaved, put on a suit, and went downstairs carrying a 9 caliber rifle and a revolver. He then walked over to his family, turned on the light, and opened fire. Jenny, who was only 20 years old, was the first to be killed, shot right between her eyes, before Lowell turned around and shot his 50-year-old father twice and his 42-year-old mother three times. Opal tried to go to her son before she was shot an additional three times, and William, with his last ounce of strength, attempted to crawl to the kitchen before his son caught up to him and shot him an additional 15 times. Wanting to make the murders look like a burglary gone wrong, Lowell opened up the windows, pulled open a few drawers, and drove to the nearby town of Lawrence where he had an apartment. Hoping to establish an alibi, Lowell spoke to his landlady and claimed he needed to pick up his typewriter so he could finish up an essay. He then went to the Granada Theater to watch the movie Mardi Gras and chatted with almost everyone he came into contact with. When the film ended, having spent a sufficient time away from the scene of the crime, and talked to many people who could provide him the alibi, Lowell drove over to the Kansas River, dismantled and tossed his weapons, and came back to his parents' house where he, feigning shock, called the police to report his family's annihilation. When they arrived, Lowell was sitting on the porch petting his dog as if his entire family wasn't lying dead in the house behind him. 
When they asked what happened, he simply pointed to the door and said, look in there. Almost immediately, police found Lowell's lack of concern kind of suspicious. And after protesting his innocence, the family's minister arrived and was able to persuade a full confession from the parishioner he least suspected. Lowell, after admitting to the murder, said, I'm not sorry. I'm glad I did it. I just don't know why I did it. I didn't even feel anything as they died. When news of the murder broke, the city was in complete and utter shock. Though he claimed it was to inherit the farm and his father's savings account, to this day, no one is completely sure why Lowell Andrews, the nicest boy in Walcott, killed his entire family. Sent off to the Menninger Clinic, a psychiatrist there diagnosed Lowell with schizophrenia and, because of that, he was able to plead not guilty by reason of insanity at his trial. Despite this, the boy who seemed completely sane prior to the murders was convicted and sentenced to death. His request of clemency was later denied, as were all of his appeals. And on November 30th, 1962, after a meal of fried chicken, mashed potatoes, green beans, and pie, Lowell Lee Andrews was led to the gallows and hanged for his crimes. He was one of the last men to be executed in Kansas and offered no last words when asked. While behind bars awaiting his execution, Lowell, who was in the same facility as Richard Hickok and Perry Smith, became familiar with Truman Capote. In fact, several pages of In Cold Blood are dedicated to his time spent with Lowell. According to Truman, quote, I really liked Andy. He was a nut. Not a real nut like they kept hollering, but, you know, just goofy. He was always talking about breaking out of here and making his living as a hired gun. He liked to imagine himself roaming around Chicago or Los Angeles with a machine gun in a violin case. Cooling guys. He said he charged thousands of bucks per stiff. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on December 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.